Go beyond the superficial. Go beyond the noise. And Hype delivers business knowledge gained from developing and manufacturing hundreds of products, working with high-growth entrepreneurs from all over the world. Focus skills and passion into innovative ideas. Take control. Become the engineer of your own life. Transform product ideas into business realities. This is And Hype. Transform product ideas into a business reality. My name is Callie Keen. This is End Hype. Idea people have the worst ideas. If you're an idea person and have never executed ideas, if you do not understand that ideation is a discipline, it's a skill, your ideas are terrible. Let's get into this. Here's a story. This has happened to me innumerable times. I get an email, I get a call, I get a DM from somebody. They have an idea. Idea people let ideas happen to them. Zeus hits them with a lightning bolt. They have a shower thought. They obsess. They spend all their money. Maybe they sell their house. They waste all their time. Maybe they quit their job. I always get this call when idea people can't afford to build the prototype or can't figure out how to sell products gathering dust in a garage or basement somewhere. Because we haven't looked at the system of coming up with ideas, testing them out, putting them out in the market, and growing. Today, we're going to focus on one of my favorite growth topics. It's just ideas, idea generation, ideation. But here's the thing. Creating ideas is not luck. It's not a waiting game. It's a skill. You can be trained. You can get better. You can keep training and keep getting better and better at the volume the quantity, and the quality of the ideas that that you uh, come up with. Great ideas live in context. They're feasible. And once we understand the context, ideas flow and they come one right after the other. Just like when we have a great product business, we can create product after product for growth. So I'm going to lay out my structure, my approach for ideation. The first step that we go through is framing We want to understand the world that our idea could live in. We got to understand what we're talking about. More appropriately, what problem are we solving? Generally, people have, they have a vague idea. They understand like, yeah, people have problems. Like it's difficult to lose weight. It's difficult to stay focused. It's difficult to save money. But those are truisms. They will always be true. They're also not solvable. They're not specific enough to have any type of lever that we can pull, that we can attach to. There's nothing There's nothing solvable there. there it's just like saying water is wet. It's not a problem. It's, it, it is what it is. What we want to dive into is what's the single element, if changed, that problem would no longer exist. So it, if we understand this is the thing that we're talking about, let's say we're going to solve that finances problem, right? And you want to create a coaching program or a course, You want to build a a fitness product. So you're like, hey, I want to lose weight. I'm going to use my knowledge of product. I'm going to develop something. But we want to understand, we want to dive in deep. So we want to understand causes versus symptoms. So I'm going to pull a tool that we use in manufacturing all the time. Very old, tried and true tool for root cause analysis. Root cause means it's that one single element that if changed, it's why something has occurred. This gives you the leverage like I was talking about. 
But it also does a lot of things for us at a business level because niche customers routinely have unique causes that are not addressed by broad market problems. Those causes, they're not under the umbrella of what everyone else's problems are. And they're certainly not addressed by existing products and services. Because if we understand the root cause, we can hit that point. That's really relevant to our community, to our people, versus just to everyone. Vanilla solutions are going to give you vanilla results, right? So we're going to use 5Y analysis. Very simple tool. It is no more complicated than what it sounds like. We're going to ask why five times. Why did this happen? Why did that happen? Why did that happen? Why did that happen? And so on. It's very, very simple, but it's also not very easy. 5Y analysis will lay the foundation of what we'll do next in this framing step, which is to understand the contributing factors, to understand the system of problem versus just linearly approaching, hey, somebody has this problem, let me throw a product at it. I want you to use a tool called a fishbone diagram. It Again, it comes from the manufacturing world. It's tried and true, and it allows us to map out the contributing factors that go in and create that outcome, right? So it's a cause and effect map. Traditionally, in manufacturing, we map it out as mind, machine, materials, method, measurement, and environment. So man or mind power might be physical knowledge. It might be physical work. It might be knowledge work. It might be improvements. It might be things that that are happening on that personal level. On machine, it might really be equipment, like right in manufacturing, but it might be technology, it might be other products. Material, it's input, it's information. Method, that could be process, it could be habits that that person has or that that business has that's contributing towards what they're experiencing. And measurement, it's how are we determining what success is? What's the expectations? What are the goals? Common contributing factor that I see in problems it's in business and in life, is that people really don't have measurements in place. They don't know what success looks like. And then finally, environment, it could be external factors. It could be what their personal relationships look like. It could be what their workplace culture is. It could be that it's really cold. I don't know. This is the problem that you're going to own. You're going to become the category king in, not me. So this allows us to explore it from a number of angles and have to think laterally, think very creatively about the problem and understand it from a, a, a complete point of view. I'm going to create another tool, a download that will help walk through this process because it's very, very powerful. And these tools are simple, but again, just like everything in business and in life, you want it because it's hard to achieve. It's simple. It's effective, right? It's simple, but it's difficult to do. The fishbone diagram, or really any tool, I I want you to use this, but any tool that allows us to see the contributing factors pushes us towards broad system level thinking. Instead of just looking at that one single point that we're going to solve, we understand the surrounding ecosystem. And as we construct that surrounding ecosystem of problems, we look at other products and other services, other businesses, other people, other leaders, other books, whatever they are that helps solve those little issues, all those other causes. And that ecosystem of factors, they start building where we can form collaborations. It goes back to those psychographic those psychographic factors that we use to build out a highly effective customer avatar. We're constantly trying to look at the system 
around what we're solving so we understand the context of what we do. This is how highly effective launches happen. This is how highly effective and highly adoptive products work. So now that we have we've determined what the actual cause, what the real root problem is and what the contributing factors are, we can move on from framing because we know what we're doing. We know where we live. We know what our universe looks like. I want to get into the fun bit, immersion. This is where most people think that ideation happens or they have an idea and they push it, is that they go to inputs to research, which is great. In reality, the inputs, it is an extension, again, of that customer avatar and the customer interview work that we've done. So the last episode of End Hype, we talked about what we get from customer stories, going out and talking to people. When we know the problem that we solve, searching is more broad, but it yields better results. Searching for your specific idea, which is really just a product hypothesis, it reveals direct and partial competitors, reveals people that are creating or using similar solutions, but it doesn't help you understand how or if a problem gets solved. So that's why we created that ecosystem map with the fishbone diagram, because I can't tell you how many times somebody has told me that their product idea, no one's ever done it before. And I've done a quick search for the problem that it solves versus the product as they've described it. And I've found multiple products and I've found multiple patents. And I've found things already being sold on Amazon or already being sold on Alibaba because it's that common. If we're idea focused versus solution focused, if we only understand our universe and not the universe where the product's going to be implemented, it's easy to think that you're unique. And then you come to me and say, how do I differentiate this product? How do I increase sales? And it's going to come down to some kind of understanding, not of the market and competitors in this traditional business school way, but in a human way. What do people need? How do they search? What else do they buy? All of those, those factors. Very simple. It's a lot better if we start right now. Here's a simple example. Uh, if we wanted to research a potential focus product for a supplement line, and I'll pick on this because I've got a I've got a buddy that's in this, and I'm really interested in this space. I just think that it's very it's evolving, it's very interesting where it's going. But if I wanted to research a focus product for a supplement line, product focus searches would reveal nootropics, maybe caffeine, maybe energy drinks, very specific and adjacent products. If we searched for the root causes and contributing factors, like we had from earlier, you'd you'd start to see a much broader spectrum of products and services. You'd see meditation programs, sleep aid, exercise, habit journals, diet regimes, just a host of other solutions. That ecosystem reveals the opportunity for collaboration. It reveals the opportunity for additional products, for joint ventures, for bundles, for All of these things, how messaging works to a group of people. So if you know that this is the most popular habit journal on earth, the way that 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 journal talks about mastering your life and creating ideas or whatever, you can transport that technology that that multi-million dollar company has already developed and honed and take the same flavor of that language and move it over into the nootropic market and do very well if your customers are the same. My immersion approach uses social listening, organic searches, Amazon searches, but it also uses old school stuff like patent searches and forum searches. Lots of information in how people discuss. 
I want you to really gather up information from all those social channels and all those avenues that we have already explored and defined and developed. And then counterintuitively is our next step. I want you to go on an information diet. Very quickly, the power effectiveness of research, uh, it dies out. We get to that 80-20 level of effectiveness, and then research becomes just procrastination. You're never going to understand the market without action. Gathering more information without context doesn't get you closer to an idea. It just gets you more of the same. If you hired a coach you know, for fitness or business or whatever, hiring five wouldn't make you more effective, and it wouldn't make you more effective if you kept picking pieces of plans from each. It wouldn't make you more efficient by switching between all the different plans. You have to execute with singular focus. You have to get feedback from the process. You have to make adjustments on reality. So idea generation is similar. A certain flavor of person wants to become an expert in technology or an expert in the marketing strategy, but spends all the time hoarding information instead of gaining knowledge. You have to start implementing and start working to actually create ideas. Information without application is just, it's just a total waste of time. So you don't, you can't be an expert. This is the thing is that want to be an expert in not the problem they're solving, but some aspect of technology. I'm going to become an expert in Arduino so I can create products. The overlap of that is so small. What you could learn in a couple of weeks is enough to get you started so you can create breakthrough products. You're going to learn the rest of it in context of actually developing the products, but neither of those things have anything to do with coming up with ideas because those are vehicles to prototype a product. It has nothing to do with what is needed in the market, and that's what we need to figure out. Go on an information diet. Stop procrastinating. And let's go on to actually coming up with ideas. So the temptation and the, the thought that everyone has is I'm going to get a group of people together. I'm going to get my mastermind. I'm going to get my boys, right? I'm going to get all these. We're, we're going to, you know, we're going to jam. We're going to come up with the next breakthrough million dollar idea. It's going to be great. And sure, if, if, you, if you have a history with that, that's fantastic. Uh, we're going to talk about group ideation in a second. But studies show that group dynamics inhibit ideas, right? You have to understand that it's not all rainbows and ice cream here. Is that, like, just search back in your memory. You know this to be true. If you've ever been in a brainstorming session, there's somebody that's just louder, somebody that has more authority, especially in the business world. Right, So if you're taking these techniques and bringing them to the business environment, you're bringing them to your coaching environment, you're bringing them to your product development business, you know that there's somebody that has more authority and more more voice, and they just they dominate the conversation, and everyone tends to agree with them. So group ideation leans towards consensus, whereas right now we want quantity of ideas. We just want to get better at creating more ideas. Here's where I'm going to really cut into this is... I want you to develop ideation as a skill, right? It's just like getting better at a sport. It's just like becoming a better artist. Everyone can do it to some degree, and some people have a greater propensity to it. They are born a little bit more talented, but anyone at the professional level, they have developed a skill for creating ideas on the fly. They create dozens and dozens of ideas a day. And those ideas are generally understood in the context of problems and their feasibility, which we'll get to later as well. So if you want to develop the skill for ideas, you need to come up with a quantity of ideas. There's a lot of research 
that's been done on this as well. People, ugh, they really, really hold themselves back by thinking that the quality of their ideas are the critical aspect. Bad ideas, bad ideas succeed all the time. Bad ideas are necessary sometimes, but they're also necessary in this case to not hold creativity back. I want you to write down your ideas on paper. I want you to do it every day. If you are that idea person that I was railing against in the beginning, I want you to write down 10 ideas without filter every morning. See if you can do it. Most people can't. But when you come up with ideas, carry around a pad, carry around a little piece of paper, write them down, make a list. Don't do it on the computer. Do it by hand and make a big list of ideas. We can develop those ideas and we can think more about those ideas later, but just write them down. Write down variations of those ideas. Write down the big version, the small version, the anti-version, the pro version, the starter version, upside down version, the left version. Write it down. The next step after our team, everyone on our team has created ideas. We're going to come together and we're going to use the positive aspect of group ideation. So that's our next step. We're going to actually collaborate together. Group work brings new perspectives from different backgrounds and positions. Maybe somebody's an engineer and another person's a marketer. The marketer could have a really great product idea and the engineer could have a really great idea to get that product to market. You don't know because sometimes without without as much technical background or expertise background, we are forced to think creatively because we really don't understand how things work. Now, if we start implementing when we don't understand how things work, we're in trouble. But if we ideate free of kind of the shackles of past reality or of our own personal assumptions and baggage, come up with really great ideas. And this is a positive aspect of group ideation, right? In theory, it brings new ideas. In practice, you have to be careful. You have to carefully facilitate to stay focused. People get very distracted. People control the conversation. People want to social signal that they're smart or they're in control. They get emotional about their ideas. That's why we want to create so many of them so we can just rip through them. But here's some tips. Again, initially, volume is best. Filtering isn't productive, but it kind of shows like who the bullies are. If there's somebody that's shooting down every idea or really defending their idea, we're not so much ideating as we're at war. We're playing a defensive game, not building. We're just defending. Another, this is pro tip. Use a timer. People will speak too much. They will keep talking forever about their ideas and uh, they'll eat up all the time on the clock. You won't get to all the ideas. So talk as a group. This should build some type of consensus. It should build buy-in and get everyone focused on a few ideas. So, or just less. Let's say that you went from 100 to 50 or 25. That's great. It depends on the size of your group. Depends on how much time you want to spend. But the idea is you come together you're probably going to have similar ideas. That shows some initial consensus, but agree on what you're going to move forward with. And then we're going to go to this next step. So filtering. This is really saying, hey, look at these ideas. What's actually feasible? Again, a lot of people think that they're creative, but their ideas, they're not feasible, right? They're either, they're not feasible for their team. They're not feasible for their budget. They're not feasible for where they are in their business, so if I said, hey, I want to create a system and I'm going to compete with Amazon, it's not feasible. It's not feasible right now. I could create a plan which puts me in a trajectory to do something like that. But that is a whole different statement than saying, hey, we're going to compete with Jeff Bezos. On a technological level, we live in a post-impossible world. You can pretty much make anything. People are building rockets to go to Mars. But that doesn't mean that you can do anything at any time. 
There's a process of development and investment and testing. And in a business sense, if a thing can't be done within our budget using accessible resources for our customer, the idea is pretty much irrelevant, right? So more ideas will get chopped by reality than the market in an honest filtering process, right? We have to be honest about ourselves. What can we actually execute on? I like to use a series of questions that are gates. Does this solve the root cause? Make an argument that it does. Can we execute this idea on our timeline? So if we're trying to grow, that should be the idea of products. It's like, what are, what's the outcome? By pursuing this idea, will we achieve this specific goal? Can we do it within the time that we have allotted? Can we do it within the budget that we have? Can we afford to build this thing? And the answer to a lot of those type of filtering questions usually is, I don't know. And I don't know is a perfectly acceptable, perfectly acceptable perspective because I'm going to show you how you answered those questions as well. But when you have open-ended gaps, I always say this, gaps are good, right? Because before we discovered that gap, we didn't know what we didn't know. And we were just living in a dream that would never actually occur in real life. After we go through some filtering process, which really is just that series of questions around feasibility, let's move on to qualifying. This is validation. Do people want this? What is the competition? How do we differentiate? As we qualify ideas, the process becomes iterative. Problems do not mean we give up. We don't say, oh man, there is some product already on the, uh, on the market. I, I guess my, my dream's just trash now. Oh, I guess we don't have the budget for this. Uh, I guess... You know, I, I guess this is pretty similar. I guess we don't understand what the go-to-market strategy would be or how we reach those customers. You don't give up. You use the same creative process that we're talking about to come up with ideas to make a plan. We use creative problem solving and we go through these same steps. Framing, what was the problem? We look at immersion. What are the inputs? What do other people do? We get a plan. We go on an information diet. We come up with a plan or a framework or a process. We present it to our group. We all have a plan. We brainstorm. We create an actual action plan, and then we implement it to get answers. The most common version of this that I see is developing a go-to-market strategy. People come up with ideas. We ask the qualifying questions. Do people want this? Say yes. Okay. Speak to me with data. How many people want this? Where are they? Who are they? How do you know that they want it? I don't know. Okay, well, let's come up with a plan to test that. Who is the competition? This is the competition. What about these other people? I don't know. What is the process for discovering the competition? How did we actually scrape that information? At what volume do they sell? How do they do their marketing? What does their funnel look like? What does their offer look like? What does their email sequence look like? What it, not just what is the competitive product, what is the competition? What are we competing against across the customer journey? I don't know. Let's go find out. Let's frame the problem. Let's figure out how to create a world-class competitive go-to-market strategy. So it's pretty common. Uh, in summary, ideation or generating ideas, coming up with ideas, however you want to look at this, it's not luck. It's not a waiting game. Ideation is a skill. You can be trained. You can get better. If you're an idea person and you've never executed ideas, you don't understand that ideation is a skill, it's a discipline, and you don't understand the context, those ideas have very little value. 
when we talk to founders and they say, well, I'm the idea person, so I want 30% of a business. I said the value of the idea outside of a business system is nothing, right? So ideas don't have inherent value like that. You can do some work and you can start to license them. You can get a patent and try to sell the patent, but understand that that is not a highly probable source of revenue or fulfillment. I'd love to go deeper into system thinking and lateral thinking and inductive versus deductive reasoning and thinking and other ideation concepts or thought structures. But I'm going to leave this where it is right now. We're going to go a little bit deeper in the community and uh, I'm going to release a tool that shows this process in a flowchart. Very simple process of framing, immersion, solo, group, filtering, and qualifying that we go through. And this produces, at the end, more ideas than when you started, but those ideas actually have quality. I want you to come up with amazing ideas. I want you to produce those ideas as products and have those products grow or just launch build, grow amazing businesses. I want to be able to put your business in the newsletter. I want to put your logo on the website. I want to say, look what these awesome people in our community have done. Look what this this uh, lady that I spoke to, what, look what she's doing. It's phenomenal. But if you just let everything be by chance, if you confuse shower thoughts or divine inspiration, you're going to be challenged because everything can be broken down to a process. And we can walk through that to expand, refine, define. We can get a higher quantity and quality of any aspect of your business by running through a process. Ideas are not sacred. They're not something special. They're not something different. They just happen. They come out of the ether. They're, they're, they're unrestricted by anything formal. Understand that everything has a process. Ideas are no different. I'm going to leave you with that. I appreciate you. Look, I haven't given this call to action in a little bit, but if you're getting value out of the podcast, if I threw out a gem for you and you're like, wow, I didn't really, I didn't think of it that way. Please share this out. That's how we grow the podcast for real. I don't take sponsors to monetize this podcast. I don't do anything like that because I'm trying to build something very valuable for a community of people that that want to turn their ideas and their dreams into real businesses. So I'm sure that you know somebody else that has ideas. They have an invention. They have a product business. Share this episode out and let's build the end hype movement. All right. I appreciate you. My name is Callie Keen, and this has been End Hype.